time for Love Talk with the lovelies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about women in the word. Thank you, Gavin. Gavin is a sweet boy. <laughs> in studio with me today is Miss Carrie. Oh, and I tell you, this is a place of love and peace and kindness and goodwill as we come every Saturday. And they have done that 34 years. Oh, and Ms. Kathy Evelyn. is going to be with us today, and we've got lots to talk. But we are here at the bridge, and the bridge means it's that connection between where you are and where God is. That's an excellent point, Miss Evelyn. That's right. You know, bridging the gap between what what we have here on earth and our Heavenly Father. That is exactly right. The Bridge Austin, today's Christian Talk, 101 FM and 1120 AM. Great to have you with us today, listeners. You have found Love Talk, and we do so appreciate our producer, Gavin. What an amazing, amazing man he is, and we are so thankful for him to put up with uh, these cre- three crazy <laughs> love ladies. Every- One old lady that can't hear and can't talk either. <laughs> Every single week. Uh, Kathy, welcome. So great to have you today. Great to be with you, Carrie, Evelyn. I love calling in and being a part of, of your day and our listeners' day. I'm so excited, Carrie, about the, the show that you've prepared for us today and this incredible series of Women in the Word. I am learning so much. Oh, my we, gosh. I am too. We've got something exciting coming up just real quickly. Uh we are going to be live out in Leander. We are next Saturday, friends, February the 2nd. We are going to be live out um, at Hand and Stone. It's a facial spa in Leander. Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa in Leander. We are so excited. We're going to be doing a live remote out there, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Bring all your friends. We're going to have giveaways. It's just going to be a great time. I am so excited about this. Again, and Miss Kathy's going to be with I us. I know. It's going to be the I three love ladies together. How great is that? I'm flying. I am definitely flying in for this. I mean, if anybody says facial and hot stone massage, <laughs> I am so there. You can count on me. Get a couple cucumbers, put them on my eyes, and uh, put a microphone in front of my face, and we're going to have some fun. That's right. We, we, we might be sitting there with, uh, you know, facial facial mask on. It'll, it'll, yeah, whatever. It'll be a great time. Come out. We're going to have lots of giveaways, lots of laughter. It's going to be a great time. And while we're talking about it, Friends, don't you like to take your friends to the spa? I mean, that's what we need. Today, as we go through this series of Women in the Word, today we are talking about friendships. Now, now, listening, friends, in, in the Bible, it's so chock full of wonderful, wonderful um, stories, real, true life things that happened. And in today's program, we're going to talk about some toxic relationships that we saw with some women and then some healthy, beautiful, kind relationships, mm-hmm. um, friendships with women. Because I know all of us out there have experienced a toxic relationship at some point in time with a woman. And the Bible is just such a great tool for us to understand how to deal with things, how to move through things, how to navigate life. And so, toxic friendships and one and and healthy friendships today on Love Talk. Our key verses today, of course, I had to find two because they were just so good. In <laughs> Proverbs twenty-seven nine, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Every Saturday we do this. Right? Refresh. I do too, Miss Evelyn. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. It's so true. And then Job two eleven. When Job's three friends, and those, those names are listed, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and they met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Mm-hmm. Oh, how we could all just love to have friends who would just leave their houses and come and sympathize with us and comfort us in times of need. What beautiful, beautiful pictures of character um oh miss evelyn so we've got our live remote next saturday february the 2nd at hand and stone what else is going on with you well just trying to be sweet and stay out of trouble (laughs) (laughs) no planning for the national day of prayer we're in that stage and 
we have queried uh, the First Lady uh, to come and do a luncheon. Wonderful. Uh, one of the things that we've discovered with all the activities we have <clears throat> is that mothers with children or school-aged children have great difficulty getting there. Mm-hmm. A mother who has children cannot get up at 6.15 in the morning and take kids to the school. I, I have missed the governor's prayer breakfast before because of that, Miss Evelyn, for mm-hmm. sure, because my husband was already busy and had to get out of the house, and I, I needed to get my kids to school. So yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So there... That's why we uh, are going to do this this year, because we've been talking about women and how important God is in the lives of mothers and wives today. Mm -hmm. And so, First Lady, uh, we've not gotten confirmation. We have to do follow protocol. You go online and invite and tell her where all you want her to be, and Mm -hmm. and then they look at the, the, the calendar and decide whether that will work for her or not. We did that with the tea last yes, year. Yes, it was Wonderful lovely. time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that been working on that a little bit. But one of the other things we've been working on is the it's the theme for NDP. And you know what it is? It's L O V E. Love. Mm-hmm. Love. And love it, it, you know, when you just stop and think about it, it's always polluted to a degree. But the love of the Lord Jesus, he said, I'm gonna tell you how to love people. He said, love one another. How? Just like I love you. And, you know, we have to major on that. God is love. The Scripture plainly tells us, God, that's short. God is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture. So when we think about it, it is important for us to be that to a world that doesn't know about love. Whether it's in the, the life for an unborn child or it's in a marriage uh, that's gone wrong or, you know, it's blown up. We are to love others the same way Jesus loves us. Well, and it's hard for us, Miss Evelyn, in our humanness to wrap our heads around how great our Lord loves us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, if you look at any other world religion, there there is no uh, personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of this unconditional love is just so foreign Right. And um, I, I, I'm absolutely blown away at how this has affected me. This NDP just saying that God is love. And that's what we're going to focus on, how this has affected me and caused me to really think about this. Now, Kathy, we've had some unfortunate news this week in the news that I know is uh, burdening all of our hearts and all of our minds. And it, it kind of revolves around this theme of love. It, yeah, I you know, I. I uh, this this bill that was signed by uh, New York Governor Cuomo that basically makes abortion legal up until the day of delivery, a full term, fully viable baby can now legally Mm. be aborted in the state of New York and. You know, if you go on and, and Google it, you can get a picture of them signing the bill. And and uh, Governor Cuomo has this huge smile on his face, almost looks as though he's laughing. And the women standing behind them are just elated. And I just, I, I want to throw up and cry at mm-hmm. the same time. It is, it's, it's evil when you look at it. And it's evil, the, the, the thought of a, a woman rejoicing in murdering her child, a fully viable child, because she simply does not want to deal with the inconvenience of giving it up for adoption. I mean, literally a person can be at the hospital that same day to take that healthy child and give it to a couple who yearns for a baby, who have been praying for a baby, and yet the woman says, no, just uh, snip, snip, snip it apart, dismember it, and and get rid of it. And and I'm going to rejoice in that. It, it is. It's a very sad day, I think, for our nation. And um, I was chatting with a uh, a good friend of mine in Georgetown um, over Facebook. And you know, I was I was in bed last night, and I'm not a real emotional person. If some listeners on this program may completely disagree with that but generally I am not an emotional person 
Um, but I, I was just in bed in tears last night mm-hmm. thinking, oh, Lord, you know, not only does do these people have blood on their hands, but our nation corporately, you, you hold us responsible for what we've allowed to happen. And it just completely removed any desire I have to go to New York City. And I thought mm-hmm. then and there. I, you know, as long as that bill's in place, I will not vacation there. I will not Broadway ticket a show there. I, I just, I don't want to get my hands in that in any way, shape, or form. And when I woke up this morning on Facebook, uh, she had written, my husband and I, ha- we are, I don't know what she said, um, what exact words she used, but basically, we are uh, never going to New York again. We refuse to vacation there. Again, we don't want to spend our money or have them benefit in any way. Um, and it, it it is a very sad thing and something that, you know, I just encourage our our listening friends, boy, commit this to the Lord in prayer, because if we're if, if this is what we rejoice in, we he has got to break our hearts because uh, we are in a bad place. You know, there's a very similar thing that was going on in New Mexico. Uh, but in the last two years, that whole state has flipped. And they have a tremendous new um, view of the life of the unborn child. And it is an amazing thing to hear some of the things that are coming out of New Mexico now. Mm-hmm. Our friend Brian Allred, with, uh, who was originally with um, with Decision America Tour, Franklin Graham, and when he came to Austin and we set up the Stations of Prayer for the event with him, uh, Decision America Austin, uh, it came very close to um, his heart. And as a result of knowing what was going on in Austin, he left that job with Franklin and uh, is now uh, president of a new organization called America Praise. And I serve on their uh, advisory committee. There are things that are happening in this nation to offset some of these things that break the heart of the Lord Jesus. Well, I tell you, I was reading last night some things and even some some women that are pro-choice were saying they're pro-choice but not this much pro-choice mm-hmm. and i thought well gosh you know maybe they're starting to think about what this really means you know because if you're pro-choice and you're okay with 20 weeks why are you not okay with 38 weeks 39 weeks and so maybe they're starting to rethink their position right. of pro-choice because, uh, you know, you can't be okay with any of it. Um, and so, Kathy, thank you for bringing that up. And I, 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 we have to commit this to prayer and look and see what this means for our personal lives and how to talk to our families and how to approach this with our families. Women in the I Word, exact, friends. You know, I would... I was just going to say, Carrie, you said, you know, talking with your families, this has really spurred Eric and I to go and have conversations with our girls. Because one thing we realized is it doesn't matter how legal it is. If every woman chose not to do it, abortion would stop tomorrow. So we want to have discussions. We want to dialogue with our daughters and, and be open with them and let them know, hey, are if if there is something that that happens and they're ashamed of it and and they didn't they didn't pursue abstinence through marriage and they got pregnant we will not love them any less and to put a to to end a baby's life on top of that it's just it it hurts them even more so you know Eric and I it's really spurred us to have some open conversations with our daughters mm. Well, friends, thank you for for being with us today with our series of Women in the Word. When we return after these messages from our wonderful sponsors, friendships, that's our topic. Why don't you start thinking about the friendships in your life and return right after these messages here on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. Here we are on the bridge, Austin, and you have found the love ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkader here in studio with Miss Evelyn Davison and our beautiful friend Kathy Indebrock on the line. Women in the Word series. There are so many women in the Bible, and it is fantastic. I love researching this and planning this and learning about the way that God promoted women in the Bible. Um, 
our series, the Everything's Online Friends, Love Talk Network. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Eve, the beginning. She was the first one. Heroines and harlots followed. So we talked about Deborah and Delilah. Today, we're talking about friendship. Leah and Rachel, not only um, healthy friendships, but toxic friendships as well. And we saw toxic relationships with Leah and Rachel, how they were put in a bad spot. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And Euodia and Syntyche. Um, and they're in the New Testament, and then some beautiful friendships of Ruth and Naomi and Mary and Elizabeth. And over the next few weeks, I guarantee you're going to be captivated by these tales of courage and strength and treachery and scheming, but these are not fairy tales. These are true stories, true stories. This series not only relates to us as women, but provides men with invaluable insight into how God purposed planned and promoted women in the Bible. I love this whole topic about friendships, Carrie, and and it's really brought, um, reinforced with me that we were not made to be alone. God did not make us to be alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, so when he designed... When he designed these, he, when he designed us for relationship, obviously for relationship with him, um, but then with relationships with others. And so not just our, our marriage relationships or, or the family relationships that we were, that we were born into, but friendships as well. And there, friendships can kind of fill gaps in our lives like nothing else can and and really provide us with this this wide variety of of support of love of of entertainment sometimes i love laughing with a bunch of girlfriends and and god has given us this written testament to the power of of friendships and and what friendships can look like at their very best carrie you introduced that verse in proverbs 27:9 it says a sweet friendship refreshes the soul and that is mm-hmm. so true and um, we want to learn how we can go about being a good friend and finding those good friendships and developing those strong friendships. And Evelyn, now, you know, we all know that you and Van have been best friends for 70 years. But now through the years, I am sure that you've had a girlfriend or two uh, that that have maybe offered you support or been your rock or yeah. been a friend through the rough times and, and good times. Can you tell us about maybe one of those friendships and what made her so special to you? Well, I'm going to tell you about two, and I'll make it real short because they're contrasts. Uh, before we moved to Austin, and that was 43 years ago, uh, we lived on a ranch. We had cows and horses and ducks and all the things that you have when you live on a ranch. Pretty big ranch. Uh, and Van traveled four days a week. So that left me, a mother, uh, to take care of not only two boys, one 14 and the other one six, uh, but all the cows and the horses and all that stuff. And so I didn't, you know, I'm a city girl. I didn't know how to do that. But I had this friend that she loved horses and she loved to come out to our place. And so anytime the automatic feeder didn't work or the water didn't work, in her kindness and wanting to be a good friend, she came to help me. And and I just valued that greatly. But, you know, the greatest impactor on my life was a girl named Joyce Martin. She's still in town, still a best friend. Uh, <clears throat> she's phlegmatic. And I'm choleric. Choleric means you run everything or, you know, you chase <laughs> after stuff. And the phlegmatic is that stable person that moves very quickly or very slowly one to the other. And I learned to work uh, with her uh, uh, because, you know, when you've got a major responsibility, you run across people that um, don't want you to be there or want to take credit or what all that. And so she became a sweet friend. You know, I'd have an experience and I'd call her. But, you know, one of the things that, um, that I learned from her is to look at both sides. Mm. If you've got a conflict going Look at both sides and then smile and then do what Jesus says to love one another, just like I've taught you to. So it's not hard, I, you know, good friend and then, you know, another one that's going to take care of me when I'm in trouble. It is important to have friends to do that. 
Wow. It, you know, it, it, it's interesting how sometimes our friends are our exact opposites, right, Miss Evelyn? Well, you can't get you any know? more opposite than phlegmatic and choleric. She just balances you <laughs> out. She mm-hmm. balances you out. And, I, I, and, and you bring joy to her life in a way that I'm yes. sure she doesn't experience when she's on her own. And so what a neat story. Thank you, Miss Evelyn. You know, relationships with women sometimes can get complicated. Yes. I, I, you know... My friends, y'all know a lot of my experience is, is in athletics, and um, kind of the running joke is that men, you know, they can kind of get in an argument or a scuffle in practice or in the locker room, and then the next day they come in and they'll be like, ha-ha, that was, that was funny, like, sorry, dude, like, it's no big deal, right? They just get over it. And women, the next day, it's even more complicated, Right. And the drama is even bigger. You know, we just don't get over it as much. But the Bible, you know, it not only shows us the fruit and the blessings of good friendships, Ruth and Naomi and Mary and Elizabeth, but the hurt and the pain and the ultimate disastrous consequences of unhealthy and competitive friendships. Okay, Kathy. So <clears throat> let's start out with Leah and Rachel. And I... I I know that Leah and Rachel were put in a very bad position. Now, now friends, this story about Leah and Rachel is in Genesis. And um, when we read this, I, it's kind of shocking and appalling the things that happen that go on between these two women who happen to be sisters. I, I, I feel sorry for them in a way because they're put in a really bad position by their father. But they do not handle it well at all. Right, Kathy? Yeah, I mean, if you want to take a bad situation and make it worse, their dad definitely did that. And mm-hmm. so we have these very two different women. The the um, And it all starts with a boy, right, Jacob. <laughs> so we have this strapping young man uh, come and uh, look for work, and, and he's working for their dad, and, and he's having incredible success, and he is desperately in love with Rachel. And so he, you know, she is just uh, Jacob's everything. He is so in love with her. And uh, but then there's Leah. And so Leah doesn't get a whole lot of attention. And so their father does this horrible, awful thing. He agrees to let Jacob marry Rachel. And then uh, during the uh, marriage ceremony, he, you know, Jacob, he gets Jacob drunk and he does a switcheroo and gives Jacob Leah rather than Rachel. And so Jacob wakes up the next morning and finds that he's married to Leah, even though he has worked his backside off for Rachel for the last seven years. And so, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And, and he approaches Laban, the father, and says, how can you do this to me? And Laban says, hey, if you really want Rachel, uh, work for another seven years. And you can have Rachel. And so what we find is a man who originally just wanted one now has two. And so you have these sisters, a one Leah now who is stuck in a very loveless marriage because Jacob doesn't love with love her. He kind of got stuck with her. And Rachel has her own struggles uh, because she's struggling with infertility. So here she's in this this marriage with with Jacob, but she cannot give him um, any children. And so remember, folks, this is Old Testament times. And uh, culturally, the men did have more than one wife. Now, God makes it very, very clear that he never intended this, that this was not mm-hmm. what he wanted for his for his children. This was not what he intended for man and woman had having multiple partners or multiple spouses. But it was a cultural thing at the time. And so we do find uh, these men marrying multiple women. And so, um, you know, these sisters, rather than finding themselves in the situation and pulling together through some really difficult decisions uh, and and positions, they kind of competed against each other and set up a a rivalry. They competed for attention with with Jacob and um, they competed for, you know, who could have his children and who was the better wife and who would come out on top. And they were really overwhelmed and caught up in their own selfishness, slowly destroying not only themselves, but, but each other. And um, in Genesis 30 verse eight, Rachel actually even comes open and says straight out, I have had a great struggle with my sister and now I have won. 
And Rachel feels at that moment that she has won because she has given Jacob a son. It was just an absolute mess. And so when we are having these friendships, friendships should not be competitive. Friendships should spur one another forward. Friendships should encourage each other to greatness. But we should thrill and love when our friends have success. And um, we just we don't ever want those friendships to be a form of of rivalry. And we don't want um, to have a schism between us, whether we're we're sisters, whether the friendship is is with a a blood relative or otherwise. We want to make sure that what happens with Lee and Rachel does not happen in those friendships that we're nurturing. You know, right before we go to our break, I, I think the thing that really kind of hit me about this. Um, example of a toxic relationship is that the mess and the competition continued for decades, Mm -hmm. friends, beginning with the rivalry between Joseph and his brothers. And, you know, some of these children were, were Rachel. Well, Rachel's child was Joseph and then his brothers technically, but they were Leah's children. Right. And in this this division, this competition continued for decades. They sought to kill one another. They were okay with selling their brother into slavery, into just some passing caravan. This this division, this schism continued to raise its ugly head and the mothers not getting along and not squelching this division, not figuring out a way to get along, you know, kind of kind of spurred on this this decades-long division in the family. And that is what hit me really, Mm -hmm. really hard. Uh, Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to talk more about friendships, toxic friendships. What does that look like? And what what do good, healthy, loving friendships do for our soul? Right after this on Love Talk. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk and Love Talk here with the Love Ladies. Friendships. What kind of friendships do you have? Do you seek healthy, loving relationships? Or are your friendships a little messy for some reason? Well, God shows us examples of both, Miss Evelyn. And there's some beautiful uh, friendships with males in the Bible. I mean, Jonathan and David is just such a, a beautiful friendship. Today we're talking about females. Yes. So, and how Rachel and Leah were thrown into a bad situation and they didn't make it any better. They they continued to be competitive and they continued to uh, struggle with one another and have division. And it makes my my heart sad to see that. Now, another example, Miss Evelyn, these ladies were not um, sisters. These ladies, this is the New Testament now. We're in the book of Philippians. Um, these ladies were actually leaders in the church at Philippi. And Paul had been ministering. He'd been spreading the word of this of this Jesus, this 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 Jesus who came to save us from our sins and how love covers all and how anyone can can come to know Christ, right? And so these two ladies, Euodia and Syntyche, were leading the church at Philippi or were some of the leaders in this, these, these churches and something was causing them to argue. What was going on, Miss Evelyn? Well, they both wanted to be in charge. Mm-hmm. They were strong leaders, and Paul had used, I mean, he blessed them. Mm-hmm. But he did have some challenges. And this has always been my very favorite scripture from Paul in, in Philippians 4. It says, so then, he's talked up here before that about strong leaders and what they had done and how, what Christ had done and how the, the end of destruction had come. But when he comes about practical counsel, This is what he said. So then in this way, my dearly loved brothers, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord. Dear friends, I urge two women, two friends, two leaders. Euodia and Syntyche. Yes. Mm -hmm. To um, agree. To agree. To come to an understanding, basically, is what Paul is saying. And, you know, uh, they had worked hard. They each had their own personality, probably their own following. But, you know, the two leaders uh, created a problem. Because if you've got a group that's going to follow you, follow you 
or follow the Lord Jesus, and you got another group, and they're not together, then you've got conflict. And so Paul basically was giving them some information and some instruction, and he said, you know, we don't always know the source of a problem in a family or in a church or in a job, you know. We don't always know all of the the details about what the conflict is. But one thing we know is that Paul says Christ is bigger than anything that would come against us. Mm-hmm. And that means people, people who want to do a sin or people who want to take credit. We have to learn what Jesus said. Love one another just like I, just like I love you. And it's not easy. Because we see all these things, and that's not right. We see it in the pro-life movement today. Uh, when the two forces come together, it is tragic that we don't know how to work together when there is discomfort or when there is discord. And Paul saw that, and he corrected it. And we don't know what the result was, but the Philippian church was probably the strongest church that Paul, that Paul began and the Lord began through his life. So we can learn some lessons from that. We absolutely can. And, you know, he reminds them to be of the same mind in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Regardless of your differences here, ladies, you know, you're both good leaders. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Don't get off track. Yeah. Right? And I think that's whenever whenever we take our eyes off of what the Lord wants us to do, that's when we get off track. You know, Miss Evelyn, <clears throat> I've experienced a... A division of two powerful leaders that caused destruction. When I was um, coaching, I had these two phenomenal players um, one year. Well, they played together for three years, and they were both phenomenal um, leaders in every single statistical category. Um, great players in their own right. Miss Evelyn, they could not get along. Mm-hmm. They could not get along. And ultimately, it was destruction for our team. I mean, we should have won the conference championship and much more with those two players on the floor. And we didn't. We mm-hmm. didn't because I, I tried everything. I, oh, my gosh, I, I, I beat my head against the wall trying to figure out a way to get these two girls to get along. And nothing worked. And it was ultimately our destruction. I mean, Mm -hmm. the year that one was a senior and one was a junior, we should have breezed through the conference championships. And we didn't. We lost in the first round. And it was unbelievable. And then the next year, whenever one had graduated and then one was by, you know, kind of by herself and could, could be in the limelight, that's when we won the conference championship. But there was no reason yes. for us to have to go through that. And it was so destructive to everybody around. And, you know, it's, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. You know, in First Peter uh, 3, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil. Mm. You know, I just, it, it, it never ceased to amaze me. Like, hey, we're working for the same thing here, girls. But we just could not get them on the same page. You know what, what happens is we have to do what Christ would do mm-hmm. when that happens. We, we stand and look and love in spite of discord. And that, that, that really is a difficult thing to do. And even for professionals, mm-hmm. you know, have great, great um, lack in that area. It's difficult, right? Yeah. It's difficult whenever you're, you're dealing with a difficult situation. You know, looking to the Lord for answers is always the best place to go. Um, in Colossians 3, verse 13, he reminds us, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even mm-hmm. as Christ forgave you, so you also must forgive. You know, the Bible promotes peace, love, forgiveness, and quick conflict resolution. Well, we've looked at our troublesome relationships here. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just amazing what God gives us. Now, Kathy, introduce our next uh, set of relationships. Yeah. Well, you know, after we get to explore all these complicated, competitive, destructive relationships, Evelyn Carey, I think we need to take a look at biblical examples of true friendship we need to know kind of what what does the good stuff look like 
And so uh, we're going to get into Mary and Elizabeth. They're incredible examples of good biblical mm-hmm. friendship, free from envy and full of love and encouragement for one another. But Evelyn, before we get into Mary and Elizabeth, can you just kind of give us an outline? True friendship. How would you define true friendship? Well, I think the dictionary.com uh, give us a, gives us a good idea. A person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. It's a person who's, you know, on good terms with another one and a person that's not hostile and who is uh, not demanding or jealous. A friendship is hard to develop, but it's mm-hmm. solid when it's made made with the love of the Lord Jesus. And the friendship of Jesus does not fail. It never changes. No matter what we say about love one another, that is a stable, just like I love you. He, that does not change. It's not on a thermometer that goes up and down. I love you today and... Today I'm going to talk about you. You're not good. But Jesus never did that. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get in our minds what a true friend is. You know, Miss Evelyn, I have a, a, a friend that we've been friends since we were pregnant with our, our first babies. And we often joke that we literally have nothing in common. <laughs> right? She is the exact opposite of me. She's super laid back. Um, you know, she doesn't like well, she likes the sports, but she doesn't know anything about basketball. No. She does now because she's my friend and she learned. Mm-hmm. Um, she she loves music and she's, um, you know, loves to go to concerts. I don't love to, that. You know, that's not a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. I enjoy music, but that's not a passion of mine. Um, and so we often joke that we have nothing in common. But you know what is in common? It's Jesus. Love. Is Jesus. That's what we have in common. And when we talk to one another, everything points back to Jesus. Everything points back to Jesus. And we've developed this relationship over the years that's kind of quirky and funny because, um, you know, there's there's so many differences. But the thing that, that molds us together and that keeps us together is this love of the Lord Jesus. You know, that's what my friend Joyce Martin, who is a professional counselor, in the days that we had a, a Christian Counseling Association, mm-hmm. uh, she said very little. I did most of the talking <laughs> with, you know, with the PhDs. And, uh, but she, I learned a lot from her. Because she was not impatient with people. And sometimes we become impatient with our best friends. We don't. We want them like we are. And they can't be that way. Just mm-hmm. like your friend. You couldn't change her. She can't change you. But you know what changes is their love for each other. Absolutely. That stays solid. You know, we have this story in Luke 1. And, Kathy, we just have two minutes before our break. Can you introduce Mary and Elizabeth for us? Okay, I will do my best. I love, I just want to capture what you said, that true friendship is not up and down like the degrees on a thermometer, but it is steady and reliable. Can we say, like the horizon, you always know where to find it. Mm. Um, I Anyway, I just wrote that down in purple on my notes listening to you two talk. So, okay, let me talk to you about these incredible women that we find in Luke chapter 1 in the New Testament. This is Elizabeth and Mary. And um, God-fearing women, chosen by God for special tasks, uh, Elizabeth becomes pregnant first with John the Baptist, who has been prophesied about generations before. Mary, who receives favor from God as well, uh, becomes pregnant with the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Now, Mary rushes over to see Elizabeth and tell Elizabeth her great news. And though even though Elizabeth has been entrusted with much, Mary was the one that was going to be the mother of the living Savior. Okay, Kathy, Kathy, I'm going to stop you right there because I want our listeners to come back and hear the rest of the story. Right. As Paul Harvey used to say, (laughs) right. We're going to wait for the rest of the story um, right after these messages from Love Talk and the Bridge. Oh, friends, Mary and Elizabeth and also Naomi and Ruth right after this. 
And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock, and in the Bridge Studio is the beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison <laughs> and the energetic, as always, yes. Coach Carrie Brinkater. Ladies, yes. we're having such a fun time today talking about women in the word and talking about friendships, getting into the nitty-gritty of friendships that can encourage us and build us up and and friendships that... Uh, can tear us down and divide mm-hmm. us. And so we want to we want to pay attention women. What kind of a friend are we being today? What kind of friends are we surrounding ourselves with? What kind of friendships are we building and nurturing? These are really important questions that impact our lives in such profound ways because God has created us for relationships. He has created us for friendships. And friendships with other women can be some of the sweetest relationships that we have in our lives. And when we finished out our last segment, I had just introduced to you these two beautiful friends, Elizabeth and Mary. And we find them in the New Testament um, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, when it's opening. And here's something that's so unique about these beautiful friends. They are actually also cousins uh, and and. But in our previous segment, we met two women who were sisters, and they didn't have such a good friendship. They didn't nurture that friendship. They were very competitive and caused division that continued for generations, but not Elizabeth and Mary. We get to see them in Luke chapter 1. Elizabeth, we meet first. Uh, She becomes pregnant with John the Baptist, with this beautiful baby who has been prophesied about generations before. And Mary receives favor from God and becomes pregnant with the King of Kings, Christ Jesus. And so Mary rushes off to go and see her cousin Elizabeth and tell her the great news. And so even though Elizabeth recognizes that Mary is going to be mother of the living Savior, the promised Messiah, Elizabeth does not get jealous. But she embraces Mary, and they have this incredible, a supportive relationship throughout this period that is going to end up being a pretty difficult period for both of them. And so neither was lacking in love for one another. Neither becomes bitter, but they encourage and embrace one another. And um, I just uh, there's this really neat point that when Elizabeth first embraces Mary, um, she the baby actually jumps in Elizabeth's womb. And um, and when Mary shares this news with with Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth's excitement is so, so um, overwhelming. She's filled with the spirit and she exclaims to Mary, blessed are you among women. And, you know, Carrie uh, Carrie and Evelyn, this just gets me so excited because this is what I want my friendships Mm -hmm. to to be like, Mm -hmm. that we can encourage one another, that we don't compete with one another, that we're just joy-filled about each other's successes, and that we can say to each other, blessed are you by God. I I tell you what, isn't that the truth, Kathy? You know, to have a sweet friend that's excited for you when something good happens and that will mourn with you through the the hard times is so special. I think the thing that really struck me about these stories with the families, with Leah and Rachel, the sisters, and, and with Mary and Elizabeth, the cousins, you know, they impacted their families in great ways. Now, Leah and Rachel's, their great impact was not positive. They they stirred up this dissension and it lasted for decades. Mm-hmm. Now on the other hand we have we have Mary and Elizabeth here who could have been so incredibly I mean Elizabeth could have been so incredibly jealous of Mary. Elizabeth was mm. given favor by God as well to to in bring old age right in old age to bring John the Baptist and she could have been like she could have been so angry about Mary having the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but she wasn't. And and their legacy was one that passed down from generation to generation that was of kindness and goodness and faithfulness and one of service to the Lord. 
wow, wow, what an impact we can have, women, on our families for generations to come, right? I, I love the term matriarch, right, Miss Evelyn? Yes. I bet that's what your I family <laughs> calls you, the matriarch of the Sergeant family. Mother. <laughs> Sergeant mother, right? You know, and what a legacy you are passing along for generations to come of love and leadership, as you like to call it. I, I, these verses in Luke and in John about Mary and Elizabeth are so amazing. In Luke three sixteen, it says, I indeed... Baptize you. Now, this is about John and, and John the Baptist and Jesus. And this, this is what he said. John the Baptist's heart was so free from envy, just like his mother. He was not jealous of Jesus. He was able to say with Jesus, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not even worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He was so humble. I picture this wild guy, right, with his hair, you know, and he was so humble. He even said, you know, in John's version of the story, um, it it says that, that John the Baptist said, therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, meaning Jesus, and I must decrease. What a legacy Mary and Elizabeth left for generations to come we can be so thankful that their hearts were so full of joy and their relationships were so pure now kathy um just briefly if you could tell us one more beautiful story of friendship with ruth and naomi back i think last summer we did a story we were we were talking about gaps filling in the gaps for people god's appointed place god's appointed purpose and god's appointed people and we talked about this story of ruth and naomi of this beautiful friendship between a daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. It is a beautiful story, Carrie, and we have we have addressed it before. We just want to touch on it again because it is such an incredible example of true friendship. And friends, we're not going to be able to to get in this in depth. We are in our last segment, but you can go to the Old Testament in your Bible and turn to the book of Ruth. Uh, you know when a, you know when a a book of the Bible is named after uh, the main character, she's got a lot to say, and, and God is really uh, spotlighting her and highlighting her and saying, hey, I'm pleased with this person. I want you to know about her life. And so it very in a nutshell, Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons. Naomi uh, lost her husband, and and Ruth also lost her husband. So, so Naomi's husband died. Naomi's sons died. Uh, so Ruth, Ruth lost... Uh, a, a husband in the process as well. They were living, Naomi was living in a foreign land um, of Moab and uh, Naomi and her husband had gone there originally to escape famine in Bethlehem. And so at this point we find that Naomi has no husband or sons left. She was in need. She was angry. She was distraught. She was worried about the future. She basically told her daughter-in-laws there were two uh, it was Ruth and Orpah. She, she, uh, Naomi commanded her daughter-in-laws to go and return to their families, return uh, to their mothers and fathers. Uh, and one daughter-in-law, Orpah, does return to her family, but the other daughter-in-law stays with Naomi, clings to Naomi in this incredible selfless act of caring and love. And that daughter-in-law that stays is Ruth. And she tells Naomi, do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from you because where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Wow. This young widow with nothing to give gives everything when she stays with Naomi for this hundred mile journey back to Bethlehem. And God blesses this friendship. He blesses this this uh, relationship between these two women and brings incredible life and future and ultimately the Messiah um, from Ruth after she, she shows herself faithful to Naomi. Well, you know, Ruth uh, didn't have anything, but she chose to give her heart. Mm-hmm. And so often that's where we are. We can't give financially, but we can give in friendship and mm-hmm. in relationship. And she did it because she wanted to, not because it was there was a law. Uh, 
It was an act of will and love and compassion. And she fulfills the spirit of the law through her love and faithfulness. You know, she didn't just pop up and then leave, but she was faithful to the end. And it's a beautiful love story that comes from that. We'll do that later. Oh, man, that love story is, uh, I, I tell you what, I I want my son to be like Boaz, that is for sure. Well, friends, where do you stand today? Ultimately, one of these groups of women embodies each of us. Are you like Leah and Rachel? Have you been thrown into a drama-filled mess and you're not handling it well? Um, are, you, are, we, are we being jealous and spiteful, uh, vengeful? What's the legacy that we're passing down? Are we like Syntyche and Euodia? Are we quarreling? Do we look for arguments? Or do we look for peace? Are we Mary and Elizabeth? Are we loving one another and genuinely happy for the blessings that God has given our friends and our family? Are we like Ruth and Naomi where unconditional love and trust was abounding through the good times and through the hard times? Oh, friends, what a joy we've had today as we've talked about friendship. Now, we want to remind you that the three love ladies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie, will be at Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa on Saturday, February the 2nd at 2 o'clock. Come join us. We're going to have giveaways. We've got all kinds of things going on. It's at 651 North U.S. Highway in Leander. Okay, so 651 North U.S. Highway 183 uh, in Leander. There's a couple of locations, but this is where we're going to be, the one in Leander. Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa. All right, you'll get to see the love ladies. You'll get to meet us firsthand. We can't wait to meet some of our listeners that we know are going to come join us. Mm -hmm. We're so excited about this. With some surprises, too. Some surprises up our sleeves. Um, If you want to go to their website, you can. It's handandstone-leander.com. And, of course, you can find the Love Ladies on Facebook and on Love Talk Network. We are even doing a Facebook Live Mm -hmm. next week on location there at Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa, 651 North U.S. Highway 183 in Leander. We hope to see you next Saturday there on location. And between now and then, think about our friendships. What kind of legacy are we leaving? We'll see you next week. Take care.